Hello, this is Deborah Anderson, the Black Woman Animator, coming back to you with another video. And in this video, I have Lyndon Barois. Uh, welcome. Uh, can you give a little intro about yourself? Hey, Deb. Yeah, um, thanks for having me. So, yes, I am Lyndon Barois. I'm an animation director and visual artist. Um, and um, I work in the visual effects, visual effects arena, uh, mm -hmm. feature films, and um, other venues. And then the uh, um, short film, uh, short film venue as well. I, I, I wear I wear a few hats. We'll get through all of them. Yeah, because you know, every yes, time I ask you that question, I I try to figure out okay, what exactly should it be? Because you you'll find out. <laughs> yes, I did my research. So my first question was or is, where are you from and how was it growing up? I am from New Orleans. Louisiana, so yeah, NOLA, um, and it was awesome growing up in, in, in NOLA. I mean, you know the place. Um, it's um, it's an awesome town. It's a decadent little town. Mm -hmm. Everything you would imagine it to be. Um, it's small, so it's compact, and everything is pretty damn close. Um, mm -hmm. So it's not, and, and, and so which is weird because it is it, it is it, it does sit in a bowl. <laughs> Which is why it floods so often. So it is gumbo. The city itself is gumbo. Because everything right. mixed together. The music, the food, the parties, I mean everything. You drop a hat in New Orleans and there's a party. Like there's always some reason or excuse to throw a party or some festival. Yes, there is. <laughs> so growing up there, um, you know, there was always something to do. Um, you know, I you know, even if you didn't care to, you knew it was there at at, yeah. at, at your access. So it was a fun place to be. And it, it, it really, you know, shaped who I am and, you know, you know, from all my schooling there. And then, you know, and we talked about Delgado early, you know, doing some, you know, going to Delgado for a while, community college, and then going to Xavier, where I got mm -hmm. my BFA, you know, Xavier. And then from Xavier, all of that. <laughs> all of that, all of that, <laughs> black flow, all of that prepared me for Cal Arts. You know, the move when I finally made the move to California to uh, mm -hmm. be in the industry. Okay, so I want you to answer. This is a test. <laughs> I want you to answer this question in the New Orleans way, not the American way. Okay. Okay. What school did you go to? Saint <laughs> Aug. <laughs> You you knew the answer. <laughs> you, I want to see if you were going to answer correctly. It's a high school answer. <laughs> and Detroit is kind of like that too, depending on where you're at. They're, they're not like asking you what college you went to, they're asking you what high school you went exactly. to. Exactly. <laughs> it well, was a test. I was like, let me see. I knew you were going to answer it right, but. <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah, no, I, 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 I have not lost. Well, I've been in what LA since not well. I've been in, yeah, LA. You know, Cal Arts is technically LA because LA County, but it's not LA. It's Valencia, right. so it's you know. Yeah, but but I've been here since '92. You know, I knew you were going to do it right. I, I have faith in you. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't lost that shit. <laughs> so, what was your original plan for your life when you went to Xavier? Because what was your what was your degree in? It was art. So it was, art. it was always a profession in art. I just didn't know where. Um, mm -hmm. 
but I knew I wanted to be an artist, and 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 I was actually more studying more communication design, graphics. Okay. Uh, you know, and you know, so for commercial art, advertising, whatever, or uh, yeah, for advertising, basically. Mm -hmm. um, so I was I was more into that, but I also had I always had an interest in film. Okay. And and how and and what it took to do it. I just didn't know. I, I had no clue um, how to get exposed to it or whatever. Um, right. So, um, and I had done, I had, had had some successes as an artist. Like I had, at that point, I had like three posters published. Nice. Um, but I also was, uh, I applied to some grad schools for communication design and got rejected. Mm. I think, I mean, there were like big ten schools. Um, I think one of them accepted me, but I got, but they, but it wasn't the ones that I really uh, yeah. was trying to go to. Not that it was a bad school; it was just that um, it didn't have the other things that I wanted from the other schools. Yeah. But I was working at a place. You 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 know Yaya. You spent some time there. You know Yaya. Yeah. Yaya yep. Aspirations. So yeah. I was on staff at Yaya for mm -hmm. like two years, mm -hmm. and I don't know if you ever met Jana. But Jana dropped the catalog, catalog in my lap and was like, this is where you need to be. You should apply there. Mm -hmm. So I did. And when they saw what I was trying to do, um, they accepted me. And I was like, okay, shit, this is the way to go. But I always wanted to learn animation because of these miniatures that I make. And I make these miniatures out of, um, well, I, I can show you. These yes. Show us, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, these guys. Yes. That's Althea Gibson. So nice. I make these miniatures um, and I wanted to actually see them. I wanted to learn how to animate them. So that's Kath. Mm -hmm. um, good old Tommy. I, I got to get this camera right because I'm using <laughs> it. <laughs> you know. um, but so I wanted, to, I wanted to learn how to animate them and, and actually make them play because I would always play with them myself. I've been making them since I was a kid. Right. Um, even all through Xavier, everything. And um, when I applied to Cal Arts with the with my package in my application that this is what I want to and this is what I learned how to animate because I sent photos and everything. Yeah. They were like, oh Jesus, yeah, we gotta see this. <laughs> 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 so I got in <laughs> and there you go. Nice. Here we are. So how did growing up in New Orleans and going to HBCU color the way you navigate the world? Oh, it totally prepared me for that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, I, I, I did. I mean, when anybody says to you, you know, don't go to HBCU, it's not real world, that's bullshit. Mm -hmm. That shit, because you get, I you know, I got so prepared. Well, growing up in New Orleans anyway, just that you just because look, down in you know, in the deep south like that, you get you just get faced with all that shit. So mm -hmm. nothing frightens you in that respect. Nothing surprises you in terms of racism because you're right. all the time. So when you're in a place like Xavier, it just it just even more prepares you for it. And it's not like all you learn is, you know, black shit. You like you learn <laughs> everything. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. it's a university. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the question, are HBCUs still relevant? Do they teach 
Yeah, it's, 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 it's like yes, <laughs> it's such dumb, misguided shit. Like you learn everything. It's a university, <laughs> and um, so yeah. And the professors are, you know, all walks. You know, they're black, they're white, they're Asian, they're Hispanic, they're you know Native American, they're everything. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I mean, you know, the, the pharmacy school Xavier's one of the top pre med schools in the country. Is oh, wow. one of the top pharmacy schools in the country. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, so when people say that shit, you know, I mean, my wife is Howard, you know, we're both HBCUs, so, and, and we're very successful at what we do. So it totally prepared me for, you know, I got terrific art training from, you know, John Scott, who was my mentor and who was a MacArthur fellow, you know what I mean? He, yeah, he was a MacArthur Award winner, he's a sculptor, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's is not- Is that like, Io's dad? That's Io's dad, yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> Dear, my dear, dear friend, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? like we, that the dude was not only my mentor, he was my friend, like we were like brothers. Mm -hmm. uh, and you know, I love Ayo and his, I mean, oh, the whole family, you know, I mean, we're all still in touch and connected. I mean, Ayo's mom and my mom hang out, you know, they're right. brothers, you know what I mean? So, but I mean, that's how it is down there um, mm -hmm. when you have relationships like that with people. And so, everything that guy taught me, I still, you know, you know, use today in my work. And, every, you know, all the whole thing about the whole passing on thing, all of that shit. Yeah. You know, so that completely prepared me for anything mm -hmm. I was going to face at Cal Arts or even in the industry itself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember, you know, through living in New Orleans for 12 years, you kind of, you don't, I mean, you don't automatically get all the knowledge and so you kind of get it tangentially by interacting with people. And mm -hmm. I remember, seeing somewhere like there was like a, this white guy who mm -hmm. went to Southern and I'm like, you know, the law school is like one of the best law schools in the world, in the country. And I'm like, that's when I learned that. Cause I was like, what? A white guy went to Southern? <laughs> like, oh, yeah. went to get a and I'm like, oh, it's one of the best law schools in the country. Yeah. And there's a lot of white students at Xavier. Right. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just bizarre. But see, that's 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 one of the things we have to do. We gotta we gotta fix those things and rewrite those narratives and take control of it because mm -hmm. these these misguided notions just perpetuate mm -hmm. themselves. People just don't know. And then you know, we can't <laughs> believe the hype and the self. Yeah. You know, we we can't do that shit to ourselves. You're right. You know, it's just yeah, it's you know. <laughs> Shit is deep. <laughs> it's deep, man. So, what do you feel about the 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 recent news of Leica opening up a studio at Bowie State? I think that's so cool. Yeah, it is incredible. Yeah, you know, I spent I I well, I'm not gonna say I spent time at Leica. I spent six months commuting to Portland when I directed the, an episode of the PJs when it mm -hmm. was still vintage. So um, the studio, the structure of it, it's still there. I'm sure yeah. the street is and all. You know, you know. I'm sure under new management, it's a different place. But um, and there were some cool people there when I was doing that. Um, so I think that's awesome that Life is doing that. You know, it's. Uh, I mean, Life is a fantastic studio, and they do incredible work. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was just blown away by Missing Link. I really thought that should have won the Oscar. Yeah. Beautiful film. Great mm -hmm. story, the whole shebang. Um, but you know, 
but you know they keep punching, and it is great that they did that shit. And uh, you know, I, I, I mean, of all places, I mean, you, I, you know, I just don't know. It just shows how ignorant I am. Of all places, I would have never imagined Boise State, but shit, I think it's fantastic. Because mm -hmm. uh, I just, because I'm just not aware of their um, art or film program. Yeah, I know Morgan State has an animation program because you know yeah, when, when when you know the the conversation that always comes up every year of like PWI versus HBCU. I was like, I would have went to HBCU, but when I went in two thousand four, <laughs> I wanted to go for animation, and right. no, nobody had an animation program. Right. So <laughs> right. That's I mean, the only reason I didn't go to HBCU. No, I know. Yeah, it's pretty recent. Um, yeah, but even then, I think. I because everything, you know, what you learn in animation is everything you should learn in straight, you know, in, in, in art school itself, even if it's a liberal arts college. Yeah. And they don't have a specific animation program. All the things of paint, you know, drawing, painting, you know, mm -hmm. perspective, all that stuff that you learn practically in art school or, or, or in, in, as an art major. Yeah. It applies to animation. So going to Xavier, didn't stop me from being an animator because right. I took all that knowledge and applied it at Cal Arts to learn animation. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, it's cool now that the schools are starting animation programs. I just want, I'm just interested if they're doing it properly. Yeah. And teaching all the fundamentals and not just going to a tool. Yeah. A lot of places have the tendency to go straight to a computer because, you know, that's the thing. That's what everybody's yeah. going <laughs> And you're like, you know, the computer is a stupid tool. The computer does dick if right. you don't know what to do to it. And yeah. if you don't know what to do to it and you're using it without the proper skills, you're going to do shit. It's work. meaningless. It's meaningless. <laughs> so I'm always wondering and, and, and offering to advise these schools if they're doing it properly. And when I get at, when I do get asked, you know, I try to go in and yeah. say, yeah, this is how it needs to be done. Because it's it's a it's a practical skill. You know, it is a you know you gotta draw. You gotta mm -hmm. you gotta understand how and, and it's making techniques and stuff. Yes, all of that. It's not just you know because anybody could take something and, and on a plot just move it from here to there. Mm -hmm. That's not performing it. That's just moving it. Yeah. <laughs> that means nothing. <laughs> well, yeah, to everybody watching, like, just remember to take that into consideration. For me, I didn't find animation as a career until my senior year of high school. So I didn't have time to think through all that stuff. I'm like, okay, animation program. <laughs> like, right. if I have if I had thought about it earlier, I'd have I would have like been a more strategic about it, and and you did, but it's just like okay. Senior year of high school, animation, a career? Okay. <laughs> Next thing, I need an animation program. Yeah, really like, my dumb self was like just surrounded by animation, but never thought to do it as a career. Well, yeah, yeah you know, that's it. I mean, you know, yeah. And that, that's interesting that you say that because that, again, that's one of the barriers we have to get over because we grew up watching all this shit. We grew up playing. Yeah all these video games, all this shit. And we have to realize, God, somebody's making that shit. Because this is always the approach I took. Somebody's making that shit. Yeah. Why not be one of those people? Right. And that's why I talk to people like you so that they can see our conversation and be like, oh, yeah, I can make it yeah. too. <laughs> I can do this. Yeah. I can. Yeah. 
So they need to figure out how to get in there and make that shit. Right. But, and that's where the challenge comes because you love the process. Because it's such a huge umbrella. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you're a model, right? Yeah, I'm a modeler, yeah. Okay, so you work in the animation industry, but you're a modeler. So you're not you're not specifically an animator, but right. you create the character, you build the characters in environments that animators have to interact with and perform. Exactly. I always tell people, it starts off empty. We have to create everything in the world. Yes. And so we all, it's such a specialized thing. I mean, you can multitask and try to do it all. But when you're talking about doing it at a high level, like Mm -hmm. a feature level, you know, it's specialized. Right. You know what I mean? So you're not going to walk in doing everything unless you're at a small boutique shop. Right. You're going to walk in as an animator or a modeler or a lighter or a rigger or a, you know, layout artist or a compositor, Mm -hmm. all that shit. You know what I mean? So I always say there's so many avenues under that umbrella that you just got to find where you're most comfortable in and where you fit in. Yeah. And I tell people all animation is tedious. It's just what tediousness do you like? <laughs> I like the tediousness of modeling. <laughs> Animation, not my ministry. Rigging, right. not my ministry at all. Yeah. <laughs> Always hated that shit. Never, never even wanted to. You know, I, I have to I have to know it in a sense that, you know, as an animation director, I have to be able to communicate to riggers what the animators need. Yeah. As an animator, you have to be able to communicate what they need without actually having to do it. Right. But and then you're always you always have to break it, you know what I mean, so they know mm-hmm. how to fix it. But I but of actually doing rigging, oh God no, no, <laughs> no fucking way, absolutely no. not. <laughs> no, and even as much as I like to sculpt, I like to sculpt practically with my hands. I don't yeah. like to sculpt digitally. I could care less to be a modeler. So God bless you, <laughs> you know, not <laughs> no. <laughs> It's weird, though. You know, I all the things that I never thought that I'd do, I just did the Unreal Fellowship. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And I tell you, have you, had, have you got your hands on that shit yet? I've played around with Unreal and Unity, but not for real, for real. No, they're different things. Unreal is not Unity. No, I'm just saying, have you? Oh, you played, I, I, I played around with, with like, the, the idea of what You played is. with Unity. Yeah, and I... Oh. Maybe opened Unreal. <laughs> okay, so Unity, Unity is cool too. Because when I had a, when I had a VR company, we used Unity, and we mm-hmm. did everything in Unity. You know, Maya to Unity. Yeah. So Unity is cool, but get your hands on Unreal, and if okay. you you should apply to a fellowship and see, okay. if, you know, you know, you never know. You might get you. Ne- you have you never know unless you try. Right. If you apply, you don't know. Mm-hmm. Get your hands on this. It's fucking spectacular. And so I had all that to say is I never thought I would do as much lighting as I did when I used Unreal. Because you can do everything in that sucker. Mm-hmm. You know, I always love, you know, I mean, I'm, an, I'm a character animator, so, you know, performance, obviously. Uh, and I always like animating cameras. I love that shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when you can get in that environment, like that shit, paint that shit, like exactly how you want, move the camera everywhere. I mean, I got more into the lighting than I got into the animation. <laughs> I, just, I mean, I just love that shit. I love mm-hmm. it. And it just finally hit me, wow, this is why lighters like this so much. But, 
But it's also different because when you're lighting in the traditional way that we've been doing, through yeah. a pipeline and on and on footage and you know, mm -hmm. on you know, in shots and stuff, you don't have the same parameters to move around as much. Right. Yeah. Because you're you're married to a plate. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but when you're creating it like you know digitally from scratch, oh my god, this I was like what? So yeah, I you know I've done. I did a project in the fellowship, then did another project after that shit, and then mm -hmm. you know, doing some more right now because I just, I just, I just love it that much. But you know, it's weird because when I was at, when we were uh, developing Thundercats, fucking, mm -hmm. like twelve or so years ago at DD, mm -hmm. we were writing. It was Kim Library and the team he put together, so I was on the team. Because Kim now is the CTO at Epic. And we were writing Excess High mm -hmm. to perform like Unreal is doing right now. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So it took, you know, 12, 13 years to get to this point. You know, how yeah. I mean, that's how long that shit takes. But <laughs> yes. that's how long, you know, it's been it's been trying to be done. Yeah. To get, to get an engine where you can do everything in it. Because even the editor in Unreal is awesome. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. You just got to get your hands on that shit. You would, you would, you would freak the fuck out. You would love it. <laughs> I'll yeah. definitely do that. So, mm -hmm. can we get into? Okay, your journey in art and animation in your childhood, and then you can wrap in like your gum wrapper thing, how that got started. So, <laughs> tell your story. Well, that's what these guys are made of. <laughs> yes, Jackie. So these guys are, yeah, they're Wrigley's chewing gum wrappers. I was about 10 or 11 years old. Let me tell you, you know, I, I was getting a kick out of telling this story because I don't know how, how different I'm going to make it every time. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> In New Orleans, uh, and I always made shit. I always drew stuff. Like I have, you know, doodles and notebooks and workbooks and anything. You know, you know back then, what, you know. And, you know, we, we didn't have video games. She like video games didn't come online to what, like the like 1980s or 81 or some shit. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so and even and back and you know at that point I was 16 or 17. Mm -hmm. So even you know way before that, you just drew it. Everything you got in your hand, you know, pencil markers, ink, whatever. So I always drew. I always made stuff. Um, whether it was aluminum foil, you know, out of the kitchen, it was, you know, phone wire, you know, distorted phone wire, yeah. um, twisty ties, anything. Mm -hmm. um, clay, you know, I always had modeling clay around, whether it's Play Doh or whatever, like, you yeah. know, sculpture, or even, you know, gum from under church pews. You know, you're <laughs> sitting in, in church, you know, you're bored as shit, and you know, I'd be picking the gum, and then I'd pull that shit up, and then I'd make a muscle man. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah, anyway. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't thinking. Like, shit, this shit, I can play with this shit. You know, I didn't think, oh, somebody was chewing this shit. You know, I'm going to get COVID. I wasn't thinking about that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, <laughs> you're a stupid kid. So right. <laughs> I'm just making stuff, entertaining yeah. myself. So um, there was a point when I realized my mom, she chewed tons of gum, chewed it all the time. 
you're chewing it so much that the doctors are like, okay, you got to stop this shit. Because you're chewing it, you're swallowing this shit, this shit's not good for you. So, mm -hmm. so and you know, she just told the rappers, that, and look, come rappers, you find them everywhere. You walk down the street today, they're everywhere. They're yeah. So I got thousands of them, because I would pick them up off the street too, after I started doing this shit. But anyway, I realized, okay, it's foil on one side, so I can twist it like aluminum foil. Mm -hmm. And the other side's paper. So if I twist it with the paper side out, I can color this shit. Like, oh. mm -hmm. So I was like, and I had Hot Wheels. You know, everybody had Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels are real motorcycles there. And I was like, okay, they're cool. They can roll, but there's got, they got no drivers. How the fuck do they move? <laughs> so it made no sense. <laughs> like, like, nobody's driving this shit. It can't move. Nobody's on this motorcycle. It can't fucking move. Somebody's got to ride it. Somebody's <laughs> got to drive it. And so I started making people mm -hmm. put in Hot Wheels cars and people to put on motorcycles and do all of this shit. And I would mm -hmm. make motorcycles out of all of this shit. Um, and that's how that started. So mm -hmm. it turned into the drivers, to athletes, you know, boxers, and then teams, you know, football teams, all this shit. Mm -hmm. so it just it expanded until I started doing all the, and I just never stopped. And in my head, it was never. I just look at it as I'm making toys. I'm just, you know, I'm just, you know, fucking, you know, I'm playing with myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, I'm just making toys to entertain myself. You know, right? Um, and never even thought about it as an art form. Right. Mm -hmm. And all through high school, all through college until my senior year, you know, when you have to do your year end show. And I said, I said, John, you know, I'm trying to figure out what the fuck am I going to do? Um, you know, it's going to be some paintings, it's going to be sculpture, ceramics, whatever. I, said, I don't know. I got to figure this shit out. Mm -hmm. So I just lined up two teams that I had made, Washington and Pittsburgh, and lined mm -hmm. up and shot a bunch of photos. Because even then, nothing was digital. You got to shoot the shoot and go get it developed. And come back and say, oh, fuck, that looks cool. <laughs> so I showed John, and John was like, what is this? <laughs> I said, these are the things I make. I make these miniatures, man. I just, you know, I'm thinking about doing something with these for my year-end show. And he was like, dude, what? Like, this is art. This is sculpture. He's like, I don't think you know what you're sitting on. I said, well, no, what, the, what are you talking about? <laughs> He's like, dude, this is miniature sculpture. All of the shit that I've been teaching, I was like, this, you, you're doing it. So subconsciously, everything I was learning from him, I was in, I was inputting it into my miniatures. Like, cause you could see like from the first ones where they're just gross and deformed, but you can tell they're people. Yeah. Up to the point where, what, to the point where I, when I finally shot the photographs, they actually looked like, cause I had painted a whole field, everything. Mm -hmm. They looked like it was an actual game. Mm -hmm. And so he was like, like, what the fuck is it? <laughs> so when I showed him even the size, that was even like more. So he, from that encouragement, I said, okay, well, shit. You know, the Super Bowl was coming to town. Okay. And I decided my show would be a recreation of moments from pre previous games, from previous Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. So I think this was 24, and I did I did my um, dioramas mm -hmm. of 23 previous games, and that shit that's what started it all. And so you know you know yeah HBO Sports came over and um, 
NBC and Today Show and PBS, all this shit. Nice. It was bizarre, yeah. And so who I you know I had no idea. Like I'm just like I said, just fucking around in my room, just making making time. And but that's what it turned into. So what made you? I mean, you have different um, subjects um, now, but like, what made you concentrate on sports? And you call them portraits, but yeah. uh, what made you concentrate on sports for as one of your concentrations of of topics? You know, I, I I just love sports. I love the pageantry of it. I love the drama of it. I love the politics of it. I mean, everything about sports to me is interesting, um, and everything that. Like most of the stuff that I create or write comes from uh, comes from a foundation of sports or dance. Okay. Because to me, they're the purest forms of movement mm-hmm. and the purest forms of emotion. Because you get extreme highs and you get extreme lows in terms of winning and losing, and injuries, all this stuff, and then how that stuff, and then race, <laughs> you know, and gender. Mm-hmm. I mean, all that stuff, even when you don't think about it, it's in your face. Yeah. It permeates. So it's just, it's always been interesting to me, like I say, in terms of the drama and the pageantry. Um, and so he was also one of the guys who dropped on me because he was also a historian. Mm-hmm. And he dropped on me about the black jockeys that won the Kentucky Derby. Mm-hmm. I had no, I had no idea about this yet. Mm-hmm. But I researched it and found out there were eleven black jockeys that won fifteen of the first uh, twenty-eight races. I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> so I say, "One day I'm going to do something on that, and I'm going to deal with my miniatures." And that, mm-hmm. you know, a few years later, that was my thesis film at Kellogg's. Nice, my master's thesis film. So, you know, so yeah, between the black jockeys, you know, Jack Johnson, um, prize fighter. I mean, I want to mm-hmm. do something with Major Taylor. You know, the 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 snippet I just did for cops and robbers with, you know, mm-hmm. um, with the you know, with these right here, the ones I was just showing you. You know, it just I just keep that narrative. And so yeah. you know, when I do more stuff, I mean the, the project I did for Unreal. Mm-hmm. Through the fellowship, it was a riff on Major Taylor and athletes who train with um, running parachutes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's the it's the robot, uh, it's a robot pulling an air balloon, and Major is in the air balloon. Watch, so he's basically watching himself train. So right. it's an homage to Major that I want to do something more long, not long term, long form mm-hmm. on, with Unreal. And something else that I'm doing that has you know, that involves another athlete, but you know it's that stuff. Like there's so much material there. Yeah, because there's sports. So <laughs> yeah, and there's so much. But you know, but then even you know, um, but then it's also politics because I did you know recent films I've done you know Tanahasi Coates, mm-hmm. uh, the Four Freedom thing I did for Four Freedoms. Mm-hmm. Know, that was with. I'm, I'm animating um, Chantel Martin to mm-hmm. poetry by Aja Monet, and I even animated Aja in the film itself. That and then the Kingfish music video. Yeah, you know, so there's things. You know, I, it runs the gamut of subject matter, but right. yeah, 
sports and sports rates are the driving force. When I did, uh, just to show how gender and politics play into sports, mm -hmm. when I did the foot ballet piece, the soccer piece for um, the Perez Museum in Miami, it's a compilation, it's a big diorama. Yeah. Uh, the whole soccer field, but it's different plays in each in different sections of the field. Mm -hmm. So it's a compilation of great moments from World Cup history mm -hmm. from 1970 to 2016. And when I set the piece up, you know, when the police when the piece got delivered, I, it, you know, it got delivered well before I was in the museum. But when I went there to make sure everything was cool, the director was like, you know, dude, he's like, you're the only one that has women represented in their piece. And I was like, what? I said, like, you've got to fucking be joking. Mm -hmm. No, in this entire show, you're the only one that represents the women. And that shit was just bizarre to me because I just thought that would be a given. And it's like, the world, like, the USA team, the fucking champions of the world, how do you not represent? <laughs> so it's just bizarre how that shit still permeates, how it's yeah. still misogyny is still there. Because they even paid, they, there were even exhibits to gay players. Mm -hmm. I mean, but gay male players. Right. And I'm just like, wow. Because it's deep, you know what I mean? That shit. It's a worldwide game, and I'm talking about there is no game that's passionate like soccer in terms of pop. Like, people have lost their lives over soccer. Mm -hmm. It's fucking insane. But, you know, it, it is the world game. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let me, okay. Let me list up some of your projects. Um, and I usually list a lot just so, you know, the audience knows that Black people worked on some of our favorite things. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> it's a lot to talk about. So, Summer of Sam, Scooby Doo, The Matrix Reloaded, The Matrix Revolutions, iRobot, Electra, Happy Feet, Night at the Museum, Alan and the oh, sorry, Alvin and the Chipmunks, um, Speed, Speed Racer, <laughs> The Tree of Life, The Thing, The PJs, Parasite Eve, which is a video game, and your mm -hmm. own personal project, Lift, among other stuff that you've worked on um, with your yeah. miniatures. But um, yeah, it's like 21 features. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I know you only directed one episode of the PJs, but yeah. did you know your wife. Before that, like, because I know you both worked on it, right? Um, yeah, she was a writer on the show. No, when we met, we met on a blind date, and I was at RNH at the time. So, was this pre PJs or after PJs? During. Dur okay. <laughs> During. So, we met on a blind date, um, and I think she was. I think she was working. She was writing also on Jamie Foxx, because she started in comedy. Mm -hmm. She's writing on Jamie Foxx, and I think going to, either she was going to that show as the first season, the PJ, I don't remember. Um, and the showrunners, the creators, you know, was, you know Larry Wilmore, um, Steve Tompkins, and Eddie. You know? mm -hmm. And Larry and Steve were, I think they had done season one, I'm not sure, I just don't remember. Either done season one or going season two, because I think I did season two. I even don't know what season it was. But they were looking for directors. And Janine was like, you know, this guy I'm dating, because we weren't married. She's like, this mm -hmm. guy I'm dating does this shit. 
So he's <laughs> like, works at Rhythm and Hughes. He's, he's a character animator, so he works on all this shit. Mm -hmm. But he also does this, and she showed him my real my films at stop motion. So they did three stop motion films at Kellogg's. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, and all you know, like baseball, football, and then the horse racing. Mm -hmm. So I had a digital world experience and stop motion experience. Mm -hmm. And so they interviewed me for a, one of the directing spots, and I got it. Mm -hmm. And so um, they were. And so, yeah, and uh, so, yeah, I got the directing, yeah, yeah, I got the, the shot to do it. I went out there, I, I commuted for six months because I did all the writing here, but all the shooting was important. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I got the Jackie Chan episode, mm -hmm. which is the last African American hero. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that shit was so much fun. It was <laughs> so much fun. Yeah, that was a blast. And, <laughs> Yeah, since doing since directing that show, I've been you know directing animation ever since. So nice. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, and that shit was. What just do you like about directing? Huh? What did you like? What do you like about directing? <laughs> you able to tell people what to do. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of the things. I just like being the fucking boss. Um, but I also. Can I see? Well, it's a, it, this is the thing. I, I, as much as I like directing, I also like animating. So I also, because even you know, on all those features, I also, I always try. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't always get to do it. But whenever there's some shots left over or something that was, you know, like the schedule was running or other animators, you know, we just have the time for other animators to do it. I would grab those shots and animate them myself. Mm -hmm. But I always also would animate the rigs before the animators got them. So when they got them, if there were any problems, I could tell them what it can, what, that, it, that it could do stuff that you were thinking that it could. Okay. Yeah. Then I would, if, and then if they needed me to prove it, then I'd just fucking sit there and prove it. <laughs> <laughs> so I always wanted to know what the hell I could do. The only thing, the only show that was really challenging in that respect and I was able to build a really solid team to get through the humps or was, was, was the matrix sequence because those sentinels were a fucking nightmare. <laughs> they were a technical nightmare because, you know, back then, what was that, 2002, 2003? You know, we were still battling with things like um, spline deforms, yeah. you know, you know, this wiry movement stuff, you know, like snakes. I mean, now, you know, like there are a lot of tools and plugins and shit, you know, there's still things that need to be written. It's not easy. Right. But it's a lot easier than it was then. Um, and I had really solid team of animators who just were able to just jump on everything. I didn't, I don't think I got to animate anything. Yeah. But I did, you know, I got to direct it all and I was on set for a lot. So that shit, mm -hmm. that shit was a blast. Um, but yeah, the, every, you know, things were just, you know, we were, we, we, we had a really solid crew. Uh, and they did, they did fantastic. These guys did a fantastic job. Everybody on the show. And, you know, I made a lot of friends from all of those shows. I mean, all the traveling, everybody. Yeah. Um, one of the fucking funnest experiences was Happy Feet. Oh my God, I love George Miller. That dude was <laughs> so much fun. He's so much fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just a sweet guy. He's a sweet guy.
I like being involved. I like yeah. taking, I like going from script to script. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like taking the script. I like, you know, I'm not generally a storyboard artist. I've done storyboards, but I don't generally do it. It just depends on a project. If, if it's my own films, I'll do some or I'll, or I'll hire a really good artist to do it. You know, one of my friends, best friends is a damn good storyboard artist. Mm -hmm. um, so I like taking the storyboards. I like breaking it down. I like doing previs. I like taking through all of those steps. I like, you know, with, you know, the modeling and the character design being involved. I don't like, I don't do character design, but I work with the artists and the modelers mm -hmm. to do it to make sure they're built properly so they can move properly. Mm -hmm. and I like working with the riggers. And then I love finally getting into the hands of animators and then directing animators, directing the performances. Because the whole thing is to make it all look like it's the same character or one, you know, yeah. one and did it throughout the whole thing. So it's seamless. And that shit, because all animators have their different ways of working, their different, yeah. their different styles that they bring to and all that stuff. And to mold all of that until it's all, to it's all consistent is just, I love that shit. Mm -hmm. So I just love the camaraderie of directing and working with everyone. And like I say, when I get to see, when I get a chance to grab a shot or two for myself, I love that yeah. too. Then they're like, yeah, these fucking ass can do it too. Like, yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, because um, I never want to get too far away from that shit. When yeah, I'm, when being I'm an artist. Still, yeah. yeah. You know, so that's why I like, that's why I like directing. I love that. It's fun. So in your more uh, recent work with your uh, miniatures, uh, uh -huh. I noticed that they have um, faces sometimes. How are you compositing? Ah. Yeah, I do all the comps. So I shoot them all. I, I do. I, I, I sh Deb, I got to tell you, I shoot all that shit with iPhone. Yeah, it's all shot with fucking iPhones. I mean, the cameras are incredible. The shit output, the shit outputs to 4K. I mean, mm -hmm. now I haven't, I haven't gotten to 12. I'm probably, it's probably now 8K. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So when the stuff projects, it's spectacular. Like nobody, mm -hmm. people don't believe. Like when I, you know, because when they're in festivals and I go to the festivals, you know, and you do the Q and A, you know, I, uh, I say, you know, my cast is here, and I was introduced to my cast, and then I pull them out my pocket. And people just freak out. <laughs> Because they think, you know, they're like this tall. Yeah. Like normal, like six or nine inch, you know, um, puppets. Like, no, that shit just freaks them out. But <laughs> what I do is I shoot all the footage and then I put it in Photoshop. Okay. And I, I shoot the actors as well. And not from like exact one-to-one, -one, you know, lenses and length and all that shit. I just, all I need is an approximation because yeah. it's art. Right. I have leeway with that respect. I don't have to, I don't have to frame fuck it like you do on, you know, features, mm -hmm. or, you know, or, you know, high end projects, commercials, or game, whatever. So, all I need is an approximation, you know, the angle and the performance, and I can get it to work there. And I just, I just composite it all in Photoshop and then just put it, spit it back out, and it works. It, it works. does. I try to paint it where. The face blends into the texture of the mm -hmm. paper itself, the sculpture, so it doesn't just look like a, you know, yeah, plop it on there. Exactly, yeah. You're an artiste, so <laughs> <laughs> so um, your animated profile on Tanahisi Coast uh, was pretty cool, and I like the yeah. Black Power Afro Afro pick with the gel cell. I feel like yeah. that. Was Creative. What is your what is your process from ideation to research to choosing visuals and then execution? Wow. Um, you know, I just 
You know, for for that particular one, you know, it was an interview he did, you know, with Topic that, you know, uh, and the interview was like an hour or so long. And I had to mm -hmm. edit that down to, I think, what, the four minutes the film is. Mm -hmm. And so I just wanted to pick the most, you know, with working with the producers, the most poignant parts of what he was saying, talking about fatherhood. Yeah. So when we, when we locked that, then it was about, you know, designing the imagery for it. Uh, and in that particular sense, you know, the pick is such a powerful image in our communities that yeah. to go from that image that's so iconic and with the fist on it, because it is talking mm -hmm. about black power and all that. Right. He used the bars because he's talking about how his dad's friend was and then, mm -hmm. you know, the way that the government went after these guys, you know, and, you know, infiltrated, ruined the organization that they're prisoners now. You know, just, you know, it's it just talking about how so many people's lives were ruined over that shit. And he as a kid was witnessing this. Mm -hmm. And to me, it was just it was just it was it was just the imagery that came into my head when I when I was listening to him talk about it. And I was just figuring out, okay, how's this gonna look when I execute it? And when I started shooting, I was like, wow, it's, it actually fucking works. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm glad that 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 particular part, because you know, you you're most people when they see that film, that is the section that sticks out to them. Yeah. So thank you for that. I really appreciate that because it's it's validation that wow, I, I I saw it, and that's exactly how I wanted it to communicate. But, yeah, so it, was like, you know, it was just like like how I read a book where like when you don't have like a movie to go from, you just make the images yourself. I wish yeah. I could have done that with Harry Potter because they kind of are. I already had seen what the characters look like. I wonder what I would have made them look like before that. But yeah, when I'm reading a book or listening to something, you just kind of create the imagery yourself. So that's essentially. Yeah. yeah, you just try to imagine it. You know, what I mean, I mean, I mean, that's what we do as artists, and you know, yeah. you know concept artists, production design. That's what we do because it, it all starts on the page. So you take what's on the page and just let your imagination run wild and see, you know, how we can create it and execute it. And that piece was also like showing the important, like, okay, so I tell, I say like, when people ask you if you have experience, like ex professionals just know more ways to BS or like get through stuff quicker. So I know in one of the shots, I think, is it the father where you reused your secretariat? Uh, model or you, you, you reused the model horse, the jockey thing or something, I think you said. Like when the, when um, when the, the father is standing with the oh, son. Oh, it's the dead. Yes, yes, yes. So, so reusing assets. <laughs> yes. Yes. Not throwing so, things away. <laughs> no, absolutely not. And look, I mean, look, look, look. It's funny you mention that. I don't have that particular guy here, but this. Okay, so this is Secretariat from my thesis film. Mm -hmm. The film was done. I think I made this. I made. I made this sculpture in '94. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So that's how these suckers hold up. Right. So that guy. In that film, they were the first to ride about the black jock. He was the trainer for secretary. Okay. He had a black trainer. Yeah. Um, and so the way he's painted in the film, 
is the way he was painted in the in the film because in the photographs that's how he looks. He's a black mm -hmm. guy with a cap and a plaid pants. And so I just wanted to, you know, pay not only pay homage to Ta uh, Tanahasi's dad, mm -hmm. but also pay homage to that guy mm -hmm. and reuse him because in the film he doesn't get to animate. Mm -hmm. He's just in a, you know. He's standing there with the horse, but he's just holding the reins. Okay. While they have the better roses on it. And in this one, I was like, you know, this guy should actually live in something. Yeah. So I wanted to use him for that film. And he's, yeah, he's holding Tarnazza and he raises his fist. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you. I'm, I'm getting chills just thinking about that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a small moment. Yeah. A powerful moment. Yeah, right. <laughs> visiting his friends, visiting his friends. Yeah, does it just like the comb? Yeah, mm -hmm. son by his side. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. It is that guy. Yeah. So okay, you have the stop motion. You have the visual effects. So what are all the like forms of animation that you have in your rep repertoire? Where are they? No, what forms of animation do you have in your repertoire? Like you, because you're not just a miniature person, you've done visual effects. Yeah. Um, what's all the forms of animation that you- are it's, mainly, it's mainly CG and stop motion. Most of my professional work has been in, in CG and visual effects. Mm -hmm. uh, and How do you get into CG? Ah, so when I finished CalArts, because I did all stop motion at CalArts. When I finished CalArts, you know, then you gotta figure, okay, I wanna apply this shit. You know, you gotta, you gotta get a job now. You gotta pay these fucking loans back. <laughs> um, so I went, I, I was hired by, I was gonna be, and right, and back then, this was, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas had just come out. I finished mm -hmm. the night, I think Nightmare Before Christmas was 93 or 94, I don't know, something like that. So it made a big splash. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, uh, but also Jurassic Park was out and mm -hmm. Toy Story. So that shit was making even bigger splash because it's digital. Like, oh my God, we've never seen this shit. Mm -hmm. So I had meetings with Warner Brothers to work on Mars Attacks. Okay. Mars Attacks was going to be all stop motion. It was Tim mm -hmm. Burton, you know what I mean? It's going to be all stop motion. And Barry Purvis was the animation director, the British guy and doing incredible work. I went down there, met with all those guys, saw the footage, fucking cool shit. I was excited. Oh my God, this is be my first fucking, yes! <laughs> Cause let, me, let me back up some, because when I first came to LA and went to CalArts, I originally wanted to do, start It's a Rapper films. Okay, yep. And do, you know, commercials and shorts and interstitials, all of that stuff. So that was my main goal. But okay. I also wanted to see my name on the screen because it's mm -hmm. billboards everywhere. I'm like, fuck, I can work on that shit. I want to do that shit. So I wanted to see my name on credits roll up. And so I started to chase feature film opportunities, you know, um, yeah. and, you know, being a director. But, and so I was excited. So this is going to be my first film, Mars Attacks. And so every time they give me a start date, they would push it. Mm -hmm. okay, yeah. So they pushed it like three times. And right when I was going to start for the last time, they're like, you know, production is scrapped. The film is going CG. 
So ILM got the movie, and all that animation work, all that stop motion work that was playing over just got scrapped. And you know, the film went digital. And I was like, fuck, now I gotta, you know, figure out. I've never touched a computer, I've never even had a fucking interest in a computer. Mm-hmm. Now I gotta learn this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta figure out now how to you know, fucking do digital work. Um and so there were studios who were hiring anime because now everybody wanted to do digital. Yeah. Um, and all the you know visual effects houses had to transition now into doing digital work. You know, yeah. Um, to stay competitive. So, and even Disney, you know, going from hand drawn to digital yeah. and all the pipelines. Like, wow, okay. So. <laughs> I had applied to different studios who I knew would train artists to work to use the computer. You know, because it is, you have to learn the software, you have to, you, have, you know, it's a whole different discipline from being on set to, you know, from going right. to this to, you know, this. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, RNH, I, I had great interviews at RNH, um, some other places, I don't remember, but RNH. And they all were, you know, like I said, I also had those three films. So I had a lot of, I had a lot of material to look at. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they offered me a job and I was fucking incredibly excited. <laughs> uh, and so I accepted the job. And then before I started, I had an interview at Disney. And Disney was so notorious for like, you know, Having people go through like three and five rounds of um, interviews before hiring, you know that's right. <laughs> so I go, I go and have my interview with Disney. I go to talk to Pamela folks. God, you guys look like sisters. I mean, you, if you were wearing glasses, you would be a spitting image of Pamela. So I go. She was the recruiter at the time. Mm-hmm. I go see Pamela, and I meet Eric Layton. I meet the whole dinosaur team. I mean, because mm-hmm. Eric was the director. I meet Eric. I meet everybody. Tell me all that shit. They show me footage. They show everything they're doing. So I'm like, wow, this is fucking incredible. So I go back. I said, okay, I'm gonna, let's, you know, let's see where this goes. You know. And I go back to Pam's office, and Pam was like, okay, so when can you start? I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, yeah, I mean, you know. You're a stop motion guy. Eric's a stop motion guy because Eric was on Nightmare. I mean, he's done all that shit. Okay. I mean, so it's like, you know, when stop motion guys meet, they're like, oh, fuck. You know, I mean, there's this whole, you know, synergy. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, when can you start? I said, well, what do you mean? This is like, what, you know, you're, I said, what, you're hiring me? Is this, is this, I was, I was, yeah. She's like, yeah. I said, well, wow. I was like, wow, it's like full disclosure, you know, I was not expecting this. You know, I you know, I accepted a job from RH. I just wanted to come and meet with you guys and get on your radar. She was like, Well, what do you think about that? <laughs> you know what I mean? She wouldn't really take no for an answer, but so I went home, I thought about this shit, and I was like, what the fuck? And then I was like, I didn't want to start my career um reneging. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I called her back. It's like Pam, like really, you know, I I I am flattered. I am just blown away. I say, but I real I accepted the job, and I think I need to see it through before I um, 
You know what I mean? Before, yeah. you know. You don't want to ruin, ruin your reputation. Yeah. And she was like, okay, let me totally understand. Totally understand. She said, but you know, you know, we get it. Just know one day you'll work for us. I said, <laughs> but anyway, so, and I never regretted the decision because one of the main things that attracted me about RNH, like I got to work on everything. I got to work on commercials. I got to work on features. I got to do Parasite Eve. I got to do so much shit and build a reel. Yeah. In a you know, in a short amount of time, in three years' time, I had such a reel. I had I had the kind of reel that would get me hired as a director at the PJs. Yeah. With the digital reel and my Cal Arts reel, the stop motion part. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Disney, I would have still for those three years been working on dinosaur, never being able to show anything. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And not as a bad thing, it's just a choice you make. Yeah. Um, because those films are a long process. They take right. a long time and you can't show anything until it's released. Yeah. Nothing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I didn't want to do that. I wanted to actually be able to see my work. Yeah. So I never regretted the decision. I just, you know, I, it's just, it's a great trivia story to tell because it's <laughs> just like, yeah, it's still my goal. But, um, um, and that's that. But that's how I got in. And R and H taught me how to use. They taught me how to use software, how to use a computer yeah. to animate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, and and when you go through training, you learn all these. You go through all the because they're a proprietary house, so yeah. they were writing all their software. So I had to learn the modeling tool and the rigging tool and the lighting. And it's is is at a point you know, and I'm just like you know, because even the the the. Uh, the trainer, Sandy Scarito, who was there at the time, Sandy, she saw like within two weeks in, because I think the training was for like six weeks or something. Uh-huh. And she saw two weeks in, she was like, he, he fucking hates this shit. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you know what? I'm just going to let him animate. <laughs> you know? So just set me up with a character or whatever and just, just let him animate. Because <laughs> all the other shit was just annoying the fuck out of yeah. <laughs> it's good that she saw that though. She saw it. She saw it, and I was not, you know, I was trying. You know, like, I just, in just, in leadership and animation, people don't be seeing stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that shit just wasn't my thing. I I went there as an animator, and that's what I wanted to learn the animation mm-hmm. software. I didn't care about fucking modeling, but you know, it was good. But because I needed to have a working knowledge of it to be able to right. communicate with this, and that was great. But she was like, no, nah, yeah, yeah, no. Nah, <laughs> and no, when I when that shit happened, I mean, I you know, I was, I was productive. You know, mm-hmm. that's why, you know, I got to work on a whole lot of shit. You know, um, yeah. But I always knew I wanted to move up the ladder. So I feel like we both are kind of like well-rounded artists. Mm-hmm. Um, I sat on an advisory board for the Contemporary Art Center in New Orleans, and I you know, was, you were at the CAC. That's where I met Io. And so you're a commissioner for the Smithsonian's National Portrait Gallery and advisory board member on the inclusion uh, task force for the new uh, Academy of Motion Part Picture Arts and Science Museum. Yeah, member at Cal Arts, and I'm sure more stuff. Like, (laughs) what what does serving on these boards fulfill for you? You know, it it. It fulfills um, it. It fulfills the the 
I'm, I don't want to say the notion, but the reality that we have presence yeah. in these boards. Mm -hmm. So being with the National Portrait Gallery, you know, I, you know, I have, I have to say some input on who and what goes into the museum. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, it's a Smithsonian thing. It's a big deal. Um, so it's 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 fun. Again, you meet a lot of people, um, but there's also a lot of commitment and responsibility that comes with it. Yeah. Um, but I enjoy it. Um, you know, being a member of the Academy now, that's also fun because I'm visual effects branch, but I'm also visual effects executive branch. Nice. And then I'm involved with uh, the museum. Mm -hmm. Again, it's, it's part of the inclusion advisory board to make sure we're not left out. <laughs> right. Um, the World War II Museum in New Orleans, like they had an exhibit of the black people, it's like, shouldn't they be included in the exactly not a temporary exhibit? Exactly. <laughs> it's that shit. That's exactly why it's mm -hmm. important to be on these boards. Right. Right. <laughs> and then um, the same thing with Cal Arts. Um, I was telling you the the the, um, the thing the lives the live Zoom that I did last night was. Mm -hmm. the Black board members uh, uh, on the Kellogg's board of trustees. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was myself, Charmaine, uh, Charmaine Johnson, Clarissa. I'm fucking blanking on Clarissa's last name, but she's in Atlanta. She's an alum also. Mm -hmm. um, Tina Perry mm -hmm. and Don Cheeto. Oh, Troy, no. Troy, yeah, Troy Carter is another member, but he couldn't make the meeting. So it was okay. the five of us. You know, mm -hmm. and, um, Robbie, the president, and then um, Jordan and Sydney, who were the hosts, the student hosts. It was, it was, we had a blast. It was awesome. But, um, but it's, it's important to be on those, like I said, because we need to be, we need to be in the room where it happens. We need yeah. to be in the room where these decisions are made so we can get vocal about uh, inclusion and all that shit. Because we got a lot of wrongs to write. Right. You know, we've been left out of shit for too long. And, you know, I'm sick of, you know, people giving us attention in the, you know, when tragic, when tragic things happen to us. Because yeah. tragic shit's been happening to us for fucking centuries. We've been crying about it. But now right. everybody's got a fucking cell phone camera and can see it. Mm -hmm. Oh, we got to pay attention. Well, fuck, it's kind of late, but fine. Get on board now. And, fucking, you <laughs> and be know, proactive now, not reactive. Be proactive now. You know, be, you know, stick with us. And then... And then witness what the fuck is, you know, what you guys are doing to each other. Like, because we've watched for the last, for this last week, we've watched white power on trial. Mm -hmm. And we're watching white power get away with it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. you just go, if you fucking guys can do that shit to each other with such impunity, you don't give a fuck about us. Mm -hmm. So that's why we got to keep fighting and keep bitching and yeah. keep. You know, stay with the struggle and make and change this and and take over this narrative and make sure this narrative gets uh, becomes a norm because we won't shut up unless you guys stop doing this shit. <laughs> right, like people like mad at us. Like, yeah. Oh, what about Hispanic people? Like, bro, yeah. fight for your stuff. Like, ain't yeah. nobody gonna think about black people. We gotta yeah. fight for our own stuff. Yeah. <laughs> why we? Why you want us to do your stuff too? You know, it's you know, you guys I mean, y'all include it, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, we all, we all gotta. But here's the thing: we all have to be included in the struggle against white power. Yes. <laughs> 
because but some other shit, people of color groups act like the stuff don't exist sometimes. So yeah. no, I know, I know. Yeah, and we got you know everybody's got to recognize this shit. Yeah, because it's just fucked up. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. they hate us around the world. It was like, oh my god, like this shit just—it's just we just got to put a stop to this shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've been like, um, right before I moved to LA, I finished a two year term as uh, president of the Urban League Young Professionals. So I've been, I have been in the Urban League of Louisiana movement for like 10 years. Mm -hmm. But that they had a program called uh, ULE, which was the Urban Leaders for Equity and Diversity, which um, is how I got on a, a charter school board, <laughs> which you know, that stuff in New Orleans charter school. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. I, so I was on um, Science and Math High School, which is right next to Lusher. Uh -huh. um, and, you know, being an animation professional and like being interested in all this stuff, people don't always see like why you want to do stuff. So mm -hmm. it was it's always interesting, like to go through these programs to get more diversity on charter schools. And you're like, OK, lawyers can do this. Accountants, the finance people could do this. If you are having a large network, you can do this. And I'm like, OK, so what can I do? <laughs> I'm, like every time I was in one of these like fellowships or programs, I'm like, ah, I don't, I don't know. I know people, but I don't know people like that. So I'm not a connector. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a finance person. But once I got on the board, I was like, oh, I can advocate for the children <laughs> because they're, they, they don't realize like science and science and math high school, sci high was like, is one of the best. So, when you think about the standardized testing in New Orleans, it's Benjamin Franklin, uh, Lusher, and then Sci High is close to like getting good testing, and then all the other charter schools are just like, yeah. So they don't being a black person and knowing our history, I'm like, okay, I know about the stigma in our community around technical education and stuff like that. So you know, not everybody is on the path to college. So I'm like, when you communicate to these parents, you have to acknowledge that in the 80s and 90s, there was this tracking that if you went into the technical technical track, you were deemed stupid. So you have to reprogram parents to acknowledge, okay, you can go this way and make a lot of money and no student loans, hey. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's constant education on that shit, you know. It's um especially, you know, in the fields of art. I'm constantly having this conversation about because I know I know so many people. I've met so many people who um had these dreams but gave them up because they didn't think they could make a living. Yeah. Or talked out of making a living by their parents and all this shit. Because your parents didn't believe it. It's like guys, right? It's it's such a vast umbrella. There's there's room for everyone who wants to do whatever you know. And I've always watched artists make money, and I never I never believed I couldn't make money. Yeah, and that's you know the I point mean? of this platform. I remember going to um, there was a program called the Young Creative Agency, and I went to go speak to them. And a young lady who's black, she came up to me after like, "Oh my God, I can tell my mom that I can make money." <laughs> Yes, yeah. in animation, like because you yeah. came to lots, lots of money. For anyone right. listening, lots of money, <laughs> lots of money that helps you build wealth. Because that's the other thing you have to do. You don't just take your money, but you save it and invest it properly. Yeah, I mean to build the portfolio, to build wealth, to build 
to build yourself some leverage. You know what I mean? So you have uh, you have control of what you what you as opposed to what you can say no to as opposed to you know what you have to say yes to <laughs> what you have to say yes to exactly yeah <laughs> you know I'm gonna tell you a heartbreaking story so you're a modeler mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever came across or met this young woman in New Orleans named Jenga Mwenda mm. okay because Jenga's a, Jenga Jenga was a modeler just like you and Jenga was Jenga got to the point of actually working at Blue Sky in New Orleans. I mean, in New York. Nice. Yes, but years, uh, like years ago. I mean, it could be ten years now. She quit, and I, and, and we're still in contact, mm-hmm. uh, you know. But she got out of the business, um, and she's doing really well now. She's in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in real estate now, I believe, or something. But she also does community outreach stuff. She does a lot. She's she's mm-hmm. an awesome person, awesome book. But Jango was one of the, one of the few black women that I had met in the field. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, we got to do this journey together. <laughs> yeah. In these times of like a lot of stuff going on, like last year with George Floyd and stuff like that, I feel like mm-hmm. artists and like people in general only think that there is one way to 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 practice activism. How have you used your art as activism? God, last year was like my most politically active activist, whatever. I mean, my work has always had some political bent. I mean, yeah. prize fire, easy prize fire. That shit was right. Johnson, but it's political. It's it's battle with racism. Right. Um, but and then Tanahasi also. Yeah. But um last year. So I started off with the Four Freedom film because that's about politics, about you know uniting the country. You know, mm-hmm. not just poetry, and you know what Chantel is drawing. You know, she's drawing the map of the country, right? In these different ways, um, and then using all the Four Freedom imagery, the uh, billboards. Um, but after that, you know, COVID hit, mm-hmm. and I made that COVID chess set. Yeah, I saw that. Portrait of America. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. So that was that was what that was another that was the second piece. Mm-hmm. And then I taught, I taught these kids in Gloucester, Mississippi, for about six weeks. Mm-hmm. I taught them stop motion animation over Google Meet. Mm-hmm. How to do stop motion with their, with their phones and their tablets. And just, you know, free form and just, that was, God, that was fun as hell. Mm-hmm. To expose them to that shit, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was incredible. This is like all these black kids from like ages six to 17. Nice. Doing animation. It was awesome. The whole, the whole Glossy programming part. So it was that. And then after that, I did, uh, I did the fellowship, but I also produced, I helped produce this, uh, PSA, this animated PSA called Turn This Motherfucker Blue. <laughs> and it was about flipping Georgia. Uh-huh. So Seath Man, buddy of mine, who directed it, mm-hmm. and you know, we needed to find someone who can turn it around in animation. So we found uh, this, this company, this guy I know in um, DC, 
Creative junk food, yes, creative yeah. junk food. That was the company, yeah. Um, so it's my boy, my boy Nabi Bilal. They mm -hmm. did the animation, you know, Big Sam did the song, and Big Sam Fonte, Fonte did the song. It's fucking, oh, it was so much fun. We did that shit, you know, we turned it around and we flipped Georgia. Mm -hmm. So we did that, you know, it's not, I'm not gonna say it was because of us, but we definitely contributed. The song right. is bumping, you know, the <clears throat> the piece is a satire of schoolhouse rock. Nice. <laughs> and it's it's incredible. It's awesome. And it did the job. You mm -hmm. know, the Georgia we flipped Georgia for Biden and we flipped Georgia for Warnock and also. So mm -hmm. cool. Did that shit. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also did the second thing I did in Unreal was a PSA I did on Trump mm -hmm. called Con. Where I had, you ever seen that one? I see, I saw that one. Yeah, yeah, where he's climbing the Empire State, you know, like King Kong. So, yeah, mm -hmm. fuck, and yeah, he's getting <laughs> down by truth and lies, and you know, yeah. So, that shit was fun. Uh, I did mm -hmm. that one in 10 days. I got so much into that engine, I did that shit, you know, I animated that shit in, uh, in 10 days. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the political things, and then you know just voting. So you know any 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 way of using my voice that because you know we, we we tell the history of all this shit. It's the yeah. artist. It's written or visual. We're the ones who tell the history. So you can't be quiet over this shit. Right. You know, it's I was like, you know, you're going to revisit the chess set now that the insurrection. I was like, you know, well, a lot of pieces that are in the set, this shit just came to light. Because you know <laughs> they're in there. You know, I got guns in there. I got, I got, I got. You know, these fucking white supremacists. You know, with flags, Nazi flags, and a um, Confederate flag. And I got another one with you know two fucking you know M16s. You know, because mm -hmm. it's what the fuck they do. Uh, <laughs> so I'm like, I don't have to revisit it. It's still telling its story. <laughs> right. It's not new information. <laughs> not new information. Yeah, it's there. You know, I did that shit in June, and yeah, we're still in this shit. So I mean, people reusing the "I Am a Man" posters from the '60s, like it's not a new narrative. <laughs> no, it's not a new narrative, right? Unfortunately, unfortunately, absolutely, fucking yeah, yeah. It's oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we all can dream a utopia, but it is just a fucking dream. Yeah. So what do you hope for the future of animation as far as innovation, storylines, characters, all that? Um, you know, I, you know, story is always king. So I hope stories just get stronger and better, you know, more powerful and more um more universal. Um mm -hmm. yeah. whether it's animation or live action, we have to be able to tell. And here's where it comes back to whether we're allowed to or not, because we're, there's so many ways to make your to make content now. We're not yeah. dependent on fucking studios giving us green lights, right? You know. So, but we have to be. We have to tell the whole spectrum of us. Right. You know I mean? We're not, not just the trauma. <laughs> not just the trauma. You know, not just the slave porn or the poverty porn. You know what I mean? We're so much more than that shit. Yeah. And, 
have to Black we have joy. To, <laughs> yes, we just have to tell them all and in layered, you know, um, everything. And then we have to be willing to be honest about all these things. You know, it's so interesting. My wife did a film, a short film called French Fries about marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, people see it and say, oh my God, you guys are hilarious. Because we know that's y'all. Like, oh, fuck, you know, you play that shit. <laughs> but she, she was at a festival, and Anna Marie Horsford was one of the. Uh, one of the judges or guest, you know, guest artists at the festival. She was the MC. Anna Marie mm-hmm. was the MC. And she gave an interesting answer because we, we were talking about how, why you don't see more films like that. You know, mm-hmm. just talking about people, like yeah. some people and what they go through, like right. the all this shit and the comedy. And like, oh, you know, we got to see more of that. And Anna was like, she said, you know, we have to get to the point where we're comfortable with seeing that because we've been through so much shit. (laughs) You know, and we still got to get people listening to the shit that we go through. Mm -hmm. And it's like, fuck, I never looked at it that way. And I get it, but still. Right. You know, but still, we've got to. So we've got to be comfortable ourselves. Yeah. To be able to show all layers of it. Because mm-hmm. you know I mean? maybe they're worried, like, oh, if we start showing the joy, then they, they'll think that we're happy <laughs> all the time. Or that, that or that not, not that we're happy, but that there's no nothing to fight for anymore. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But, you know, <laughs> but again, that's why we got to tell it all. Right. We got to do it all. You know, <laughs> we got to do it like they do it. We got to do it all. Yes. We, we all have these experiences. At the end of the day, we all want the same fucking thing. You know, we want comfort, we want happiness, we want love. You know, we experience joy, we experience pain. We all do it. But I don't want us to see just experiencing pain through slavery. I don't yeah. want us to see us just experiencing pain through brutality or through, um, you know, an urban existence, you know what I mean? Ghetto life and shit. Because, and, and, and it's not to say it doesn't exist. We all know it exists. Right. But there's so much more to us. We have to we have to cover the entire spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, we do. You know, we do live. You know, we just we all live complex lives. Yeah, because I know? remember being at a um, I think this was an Urban League, uh, maybe Young Professionals meeting, and we were talking about uh, I don't remember what the topic was, but I remember a guy who was saying that um. And this was his reality, but like, oh, I liked Good Times more than uh, the Cosby Show because the uh, Good Times was realistic. I'm like, the Cosby Show is realistic for some. It was realistic. Like, but people associate, particularly people from some certain areas, they only associate blackness with being poor or being from the ghetto. And it's like, there's multiple ways to be black. Yeah, you know that shit gets me because you know what you know you know what I fucking hate. I fucking hate when I say when people say, "God, why we gotta act white?" What the fuck does that mean? Like because you're educated, white people have never had the fucking um, patent on education, right? Never had it, and you can't give them that ownership, right? Now I want to be educated because I want to know about the fucking world. I want to be smart, <laughs> and, know, the, and the truth because. 
education yeah. come from us? Like, yeah, it's not cool. Everything. It's not cool to be dumb. So that's part of, and that's part of how deep this shit is for him to say, I like good times because that's more real than the Cosby. It's like, fuck, man. The Cosby is so real. Like, it, it was not a fucking fantasy. It wasn't fairy tale. We, there, 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 we also live that way. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, you have to know all of it. Because yeah. as much as you know rich white people, I also know poor white people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and their stories get told from every spectrum. So right. we have to tell our stories from every spectrum and not act like, oh, because, you know, I mean, they're black billionaires. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. yes, they're not as many, but that doesn't mean they don't fucking exist. Right. <laughs> you know, and they just have a different experience. But at the end of the day, they all experience joy, pain, heartbreak, you know, fucking racism, all of that shit. You mm-hmm. know, so we can't just, because we don't see it, act like it doesn't exist and we can't sometimes tell a story. I know when, when I was asked, you know, by the Academy, all the mem- you know, so, you know, as a member, you're asked at some point to do list of films alike. And I don't know, you know, I mean, obviously everybody doesn't do it because it'd just be flooded with stuff. But mm-hmm. they ask, you know, every now and then, whatever the, your departments will ask you, or the camera will say, you know, why don't you um, join in and list your film? So mm-hmm. I listed my, you know, my dozen films on. Um, it's one of the links to their site. I, you know, a something. A, I can't remember what it was, but the site because they're all different. You know, they're fucking cat. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, one of my list of film on my list of film, one of them was Boomerang, mm-hmm. and I remember reading a critique of Boomerang where the where it started set in a world where African Americans run, you know, ad agencies. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> you never heard of Uniworld? You never heard of Burrell Advertising in Chicago and New York? Like big fucking advertising firms that's been around like for fifty years. Like the, like it wasn't a reality. Like it's not it wasn't reality. A reality. And I'm just going, what? You're like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is the world we're in. And the shit just does like and that film was what? In the fucking early nineties. Right. Yeah. A couple more questions. Uh what do you hope um black animators do in this current landscape that you're actually taking advantage of? Uh like cause you shoot and edit your films on iPhones. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you hope? And not trying to wait for other people. Like, what do you hope that black animators are doing? Just do that, you know, take control of your own narrative and make your stuff, you know, learn the craft and just make it, Um, you know, because it's all a craft, definitely. But just learn it and do it and just keep practicing, just keep having fun with it. Um, And don't get derailed by the obstacles. Mm -hmm. There are always the obstacles. But yeah. You just have to believe that you can do this work. Right. You know, I'm just some, you know, dumb kid from New Orleans. <laughs> you know, seven or New Orleans. I had no fucking, no, no leg up. No, I just hustled my way into this shit. Mm-hmm. And that's what you got to do. You just got to find your avenue. So, um, yeah, just do that shit. But again, it's about the presence. You know, you don't believe that shit. Oh, they'll never let you go. Fuck all that. Don't yeah. listen to the chatter. Right. Just do it. Yeah. Because you can. I, I want more of us in this shit. 
<laughs> and now the way of life is to like they don't want to give you money until you're doing it. <laughs> like yeah. now before it was like you could have the idea, but now they want you to have fans and content. And oh my god, yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, get as many followers as you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Content is king, but like <laughs> you know, like fans is whatever. But, even but, that, you gotta be, be, but you gotta be careful about that. You know what I mean? Because that's not validation. I mean, you could have a lot of followers and your work is mediocre. It doesn't mean anything. Right. You know what I mean? So you gotta be careful of that. It but mostly the, create the content and, yes. and then do something. Because a lot of people are like, they don't realize how the industry works because they think art is easy and <laughs> they think everything else is easy. So they're like, I have this idea but mm -hmm. don't want to put in the work for it. Like, no. Really? Yeah. It first. We all have ideas, so get in line. Yeah. They, they don't really? want to be like, what, what do you provide to them by having an idea? What else can you right. do? Right. <laughs> you, have an, you have an idea, but what's the story? Right. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, yeah. Right. The motherfucker. That's and the, you have to make yourself valuable so that they don't take your idea and, and then shoot you off to the side. Whatever. <laughs> what yeah. we need you for if, you, if, if all you have is the idea? Right. <laughs> no, it's 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 about putting in the work, man. It's about yeah, you gotta do the work. There's no there are no shortcuts to this shit. You have to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. So if you had a documentary, what things would you highlight about yourself outside of your work in animation? A documentary on me? Yes. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the thought. <laughs> wow. Outside of animation? Well. <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> no, I, I, I <laughs> COVID has been fucked because COVID has really took, taken a, you know, a dent, put a big hit. You know, you know, as tragic as it's been for a lot of people, I do not want to diminish it or belittle it. It's yeah. been fucked up, what's been unleashed on this mm -hmm. country, the world. Um, but personally, you know, like I, 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 <laughs> I do this thing, I host this thing. Um, I don't know, I do, like I said, I wear a lot of hats, you know. Yeah. Talking, you know Tell us about all the hats in this question. I don't know. Yeah, I know, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I guess I'm trying to get into. Um, <laughs> Because um, besides the animation, you know, there's the manager stuff. There's all the exhibiting stuff, and this and that, and then all all the board shit. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I would go to DC a lot with the, you know, for portrait gallery events. That was fun. So that's you know, haven't been able to do that all year. Um, mm -hmm. But I also host this thing at at, at the house called um, I do smoke out. So what smoke out is? Mm -hmm. It's about. Thirty or so guys. You know, the number the numbers vary. You know, sometimes it could be twenty, sometimes it could be up to fifty. Mm -hmm. But I hold this thing, you know, throughout the year. Um, of the fellas just getting together. Mm -hmm. So we get in my yard. We 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 fire up the grill. Mm -hmm. It's very primal. It's very <laughs> And I've been doing this for years. Mm -hmm. It was very, because it started with, you know, it started with a small group of us, like maybe six around a Weber. 
-hmm. and expanded to 50. <laughs> um, but we started about seven or eight o'clock in the evening. Mm -hmm. We grill meat, <laughs> we smoke cigars, and we drink liquor until like four or five in the morning. Nice. And we just talk about everything, mm -hmm. you know? And it's just a way for us all to get together. And again, this is part of the layers of us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's guys from all walks, all, you know, economic, you know, it doesn't matter. We just all come together and as one. We're all mm -hmm. part of the smoke out crew. And that's what we do. And so I guess to set up a camera there, and you know, it's funny because if you see French fries, Janine's film, uh -huh. she pays homage to smoke out. Because <laughs> this is this is one of the causes of friction in the film. <laughs> and it's just comedy. It's fucking comedy. But um, because sometimes for smoke out, Janine will leave the house. Yeah. Or she'll just stay upstairs and listen mm -hmm. to it, you know what I mean? And you know, at four in the morning, you'll be like, shut the fuck up, go home. <laughs> but whatever. But smoke out is all about the fellas. There's yeah. no veggies, there's no chicks. <laughs> no veggies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even though some have snuck in, you know, the veggies and the chicks, they've snuck in, you know, but you know. They have potatoes. Uh, maybe. <laughs> You see, but this is exactly why chicks don't come. Because chicks ask, y'all don't have this? Wait, this is all the music y'all listen to? See, we don't want that shit. <laughs> There's no kids, no that shit. <laughs> and that is Smoke Out. You put up, if you set up a camera to Smoke Out, Smoke Out is a whole fucking documentary. <laughs> yes. It's just the best time. Yeah, you know, and and, and even women, women are like, "Why y'all fucking? Do, what's that about?" I said, "Don't be fucking asking me. Why y'all just fucking do it? Because it's as easy as sending a fucking email. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can fucking I can, yes, I can send a fucking email about smoke out on a Wednesday because it's usually on a Friday or a Saturday, and mm -hmm. you know, it would be like the last Friday of the month." Or you know, last Friday every few months. You know, what I mean, however, however we do it, it's just a very random thing. But it's such a regular, a regular thing, and you never know who shows up because right. people show up that I first meet that are the first time coming. You know, like people that I you know have seen on screen. Yeah. I just never know who will show up, um, and. And but most of them are friends, you know. But yeah. like, it was not, I always meet someone new because people, because guys just bring new people because like, oh fuck, man, you got to come hang out to this shit. So they always bring somebody new. But I can drop an email on a Wednesday, and by Friday, I'd have like thirty guys. Because I mean, we just all look forward to it, and right. because of this pandemic, we have not been able to do that shit in the whole yeah. year. Yeah. You know, so we cannot wait till this shit is over and we're all vaccinated and we could all just fucking chill out again because yeah. I just would like to advocate for myself and I was not making a suggestion, I just was asking I'm an inquisitive person, hence my show. So I just was asking a question about potatoes. <laughs> oh well, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. 
<laughs> so can you give the people your website and how they can follow you on social media? <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's a rapper on Instagram. It's, you know, I-T-S-A-W-R-A-P-P-E-R because of the dumb rapper. So it's a rapper. Um, Lyndon Barrow, you know, like my name is up right there on um, Google. <laughs> yeah, you Google that shit, but but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. If you Google that, you're gonna you're gonna come up with me and my son. Yeah, I feel like one of my reach outs to to you was possibly reaching out to him. Possibly to him, yeah, because we we you know you know, and he always gives me shit. He's like, you got to start using senior. Yeah, you so use senior, and people still get it twisted. Yeah, because they just see the name and they just go right to the name. Right. But he is an artist also. Mm-hmm. And he's a painting professor at Carnegie Mellon. Nice. So yeah, he uh, he he. Well, and his for senior, if you're looking for him. <laughs> yes, but you know, so if you ever get confused about it, because people have said, "Oh my God, I didn't realize you did so much work, artwork, and all this painting and stuff." And I just like, um, describe the work. And I said, and I, I said, yeah, well, you know, thanks, but that's my son. That's not me. <laughs> and so. Yeah, so he and his wife are both artists, and you know they're doing their thing, man. So they're they're incredible. That is an artistic family. <laughs> yeah, you know. So um, yeah, you know. Look, he took all the memos. He got the training. He did the schooling. He did all that shit. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. there's no shortcuts. You don't get to skate. Yeah. And he did that shit. So proud of it. I mean, Carnegie Mellon. Who the fuck? You know, like what? The hell? What? What? <laughs> what? Dude, you you know? Wow. <laughs> One of those things where you know you watch people blossom after high school. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because you know he, you know he didn't have great experience in high school, but he fucking got out and was like, you know, he just figured that shit out. Yeah, yeah, he's a fucking scholar. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> hey, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you sure I'm there? <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll think in my head, you're like, I created that. <laughs> yeah, but no, we're too much alike. But no, he's um, no, he's had, you know, he, he's had, he, he's awesome. He's had great upbringing. I mean, I, it's his mom, is his stepdad, is the whole shebang. Is he, you know, so he's yeah, he's awesome. We're all proud of him. We're proud of all of them. Both of them. They don't have any kids, but they're they're too, you know they're all, they're always our kids, so they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you, Lyndon, for coming on my platform and sharing the story. I hope we got through everything because God, it's so much, so much garbage, so much material. <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs> no, it's been a fun ride. But no, if anyone wants to reach out, they can. Oh, I'm too easy to find. You know, yeah. like I said, the Gram, Facebook. Um, LinkedIn, what else? I'm on Twitter, but I don't, I bear, I don't even use it. So. Yeah, you know, but um, but I'm mostly on the ground, so it's all there. You know, we're too easy to find. Yes, so go look him up, and to everyone out there, I want you to like. So I know it's real. Comment and tell me how you feel. Subscribe to Citadel and sign up for post notifications to show your zeal. I'll see you in the next video. See, you're good at that shit. I give me rattling, rattling that shit off. I just, I just gotta think about it. <laughs> Bye, people.